0: Welcome to this week's podcast from Oceans Church in Orange County. We hope you're encouraged by this week's message. For more information, please visit our website at theoceanschurch.com. Hebrews chapter 11, we've been in a series called Fruitful. Anybody want to live a fruitful life? We believe that 2020 is going to be a year of reward. It says that he who comes to God must believe that God is and that God is a, he's a rewarder. Interesting reward or what those that diligently seek him And we're going to be a community that continues to diligently seek after God And I believe as you seek after God diligently we don't seek it for the rewards but it is a fun benefit That God's like, oh you 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 want to go after my best for your life all right let me take care of your house And I do believe the first thing God told me is he said Mark if you give me your best I will give you my best and That was about uh, 18 years ago and that's been pretty fun pretty fun journey And so uh, Hebrews chapter 11, I'm going to begin reading today We're in a series called Fruitful Today I want to talk to you, my subject title today If you're a TED talker, my big idea If you're a churchgoer, my sermon uh, If you're neither, my talk um, is uh, entitled uh, Fruitful Faith Fruitful Faith, Fruitful Faith And uh, if you're taking notes, you write this title down If you want a funner title, you you can write this down What What counts? What counts? What counts? The kids are counting right now Yeah, they're going after it. It says this. Uh, let's go to verse 8. I love it. Uh, verse 8, it says, by faith. Hebrews 11. By faith. By what? Faith. Interesting. Say it again. By what? Faith. By faith. Abraham who we're talking about today. Obeyed. Obeyed when he was called to go out to the place where he would receive his inheritance. He went out not knowing where he was going. By faith. He dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country, dwelling in the tents of Isaac and Jacob. The heirs with him were the same promise. For he waited for a city whose foundations, whose builder uh, and maker is God. By faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive. And she bore a child uh, when she was past the age of childbearing because she judged or she counted him faithful who promised. Therefore, from one man and him as good as dead were born as many of the stars of the sky in multitude, innumerable as the sand of Doheny Beach... Salt Creek and Laguna Beach Praise the Lord Let's go to Genesis chapter 12 real quick I'll read just uh, three more verses And then we'll pray real fast After I pray, if you're new to our church I'll tell a couple stories If people laugh, we call them jokes If they don't laugh, we call them a bad audience Praise the Lord (laughs) Kidding, Uh, seriously though Um, Genesis chapter 12 verse 1 It says, now the uh, the Lord had said to Abram Get out of your country Get out of your country From your family, from your what? From your family, from your father's house to the land that I will show you, I will make you a great nation, I will bless you, I will make your name average, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, I will curse him who curses you, and in you all the families of the earth shall be That's <laughs> kind of a famous, well-known passage, I want to talk a little bit about it today, and uh, so let's pray this morning, if you're taking notes, uh, what counts, what counts, let's pray. God, I just thank you for my favorite church, favorite city. Uh, Almost my favorite time of year We're getting there And I just thank you for what you're doing Uh, Even today, the people that you touched That you healed The people that you're moving in The people that you're reviving spiritually People that walked in here Just full of darkness in their soul Hopelessness, restlessness in their soul People that have been losing sleep physically People that have been tormented in their minds And their emotions That God, today, your light and your love Is breaking in I invite you, Holy Spirit, to come in this room I think that we can have a good time And still experience you so Lord, today I just pray that it would be powerful, it would be applicable, that Your presence would be prim- uh, in all over this space, and I just thank You that You continue to bless, Lord. My favorite team, the Los Angeles Lakers. God, we love You for Your glory in Jesus' name. Everyone, say it. Amen. Come on, everybody, say it. Amen. Remember that song, Father Abraham? Yeah. Yeah. It's going to get weird in here for a second. Had many sons, many sons had, and I'm one of them. So let's just. Right arm, left arm. Who wrote these lyrics? Powerful, right? It's like Dove-worthy lyrics, Dove Awards. And I, uh, I was thinking about Father Abraham and uh, praying this week for you guys. And I was thinking about how life is, uh, life is interesting. Life's life's crazy. I love, I love Casey's story. She's sharing a story about how she like achieved all of her goals in business and. Able to buy her dream house, and has this awesome career, and kind of the American dream, right? She's sharing her story, and she's like, but there was a vacancy inside of me. This thing about Father Abraham is that this guy, this guy is pretty incredible. This guy, uh, he actually, by Bible standards, he uh, he was counted as like one of the greatest heroes of the Bible. And I was thinking about this this week, and I was just, it's funny, someone said count. Think about how we we count things all the time And we're counters I think by nature, whether you're creative Whether you are uh, OCD Maybe you're like more type A, type B, type C, whatever Everybody, it seems like They love to count something Everybody counts something Say with me, count something It's funny, some of you could care less about your checking account Balancing a checkbook But you count how many days it is till you get married Hello girls Guys are counting down the days to the honeymoon Can I get an amen? (laughs) Hey, hello church I like this preacher. Uh, we count all kinds of things. We count pregnancy. When are you expecting? Yeah, it's a countdown, right? Well, we got, we got nine months. We got, we got 67 days until the due date. We, we count all kinds of things. It's like, well, I don't, I don't count dates or I don't care about that or this. You count calories. You live in Orange County. A little paleo, gluten-free, non-fun diet. Counting calories. Some of you wear Fitbits, you're counting steps. True story. I got an Apple Watch. So my my friend Philip and a couple of my buddies, we wear Apple watches, and we're competing. And a couple of nights ago, was like, "What the heck are you doing? I'm in my pajamas. I'm on the side of my bed with my watch on." She's like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "I'm 30 calories away from winning." <laughs> counting, man. Counting things. We count. We count, you know, when you play basketball, you, you, you lose score, pick up games. Hey, who's got, the, who's got the count? Who's got the count? Who knows the score? Who's, who's winning? I, I want to know what the score is, playing ping pong. I, what's the score? You, you counting? Who's, who's keeping track? Who's, who's keep, i got to know how to win. i gotta, I got to know how to win. I'm going to my kid's, you know, games, and I'm like, I, look, there's no scoreboard, but I'm keeping score. There is going to be a winner today. We don't celebrate appreciation for participation in Francie's. We win. So I'm like, I'm not interested in this stuff. I want, I want to keep score. I gotta measure. I gotta, I gotta gauge. I gotta count. I gotta figure out, like, are we moving forwards or backwards? Are we improving? Are we digressing? Are we progressing? Is it, is it getting higher or lower? It's like I gotta count, and and I feel like all throughout life we count all kinds of things. We. We count all things. We were, we were mini-golfing yesterday, and my daughter's like, that swing doesn't count. I said, if that was only how life works, I was like, I'd be a pro golfer if I counted like that. If I got a mulligan every two swings, come on. Scoot over, tiger. Mark Francie's coming on the tour. You can't count like that, Kenzie. That's a swing. That's a stroke. You, you, that counts. You got to count that. And It's about counting things and counting all kinds of things in life we count Kids, we count, you know, goals, and we count years, and we count birth dates, and we, we count everything. Everything in life has numbers, and it's interesting because everything in this life is revolved around time, which time is involving of numbers and counting. But God lives outside of time. He's not limited to time. That's why faith lives outside of time. Faith actually brings tomorrow's dreams into today. God is not listening to prayers from today. He's listening from it outside of time. And I was thinking about how God counts things differently than we count things. I was thinking about even in Orange County how we count things and we merit things as success. I'm not against stuff. I'm not against getting your dream car in your dream neighborhood and sending your kids to your favorite private school. I think God has no problem with you having nice stuff. I think God has a problem when nice stuff has control of you. Can I get an amen in the church? Stuff's not a big deal. Love of stuff is a big deal. Well, pastor, it's money that's the root of all evil. No, that's the most misquoted scripture in the Bible. It is the love of money. Not money, the love of money. Money is a tool. Can I get an amen? And so we have here in the scriptures that, that he, we count all kinds of things. We count, we, count, uh, we count things that come to pass, dreams that materialize. We count, man, I, I married the girl. I got the house. I got the job. And we, we measure things. But it's so weird that sometimes you can get everything that you set out for and count everything that you ever wanted and say, I got all of it. And you still have this deep vacancy in your soul. How can you get everything and still be vacant? And I started thinking about this, that we have to count the right stuff. And I started asking this question this week and I was thinking about if we're going to live fruitful lives in Ocean's Church. Fruitful. I think fruitful lives are connected to faith-filled lives. You show me someone that lives a life of faith. I'll show you someone that has a fruitful life. I believe that faith and belief in God is what opens up the doors to fruitfulness. Believe. Say with me. Faith. Faith is a powerful word. It's, it's interesting that, that it, it, we got to count what, what God counts. And like I wrote this down, I think winning at things that don't matter in eternity isn't winning at all. I think many people alive today on the earth are winning in their own list, but they're still empty of eternal significance. Because what they're counting doesn't last forever. I was thinking about, man, if you win today, but it doesn't win in the light of eternity, what, what, what use? What, what use is it? It's there's this crazy Latin word. It's subspecie uh, at 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 titus. Knew that would impress you. It literally means in the light of eternity. Carries this idea that if it doesn't last for eternity, it doesn't matter very much. (laughs) That value is actually determined by how long something lasts. And so Abraham obviously does something a little bit right. He's in uh, 27 books of the Bible. He's uh, he's got 14 of his own chapters designated the most probably the most important one of the most important books of the Bible, Genesis. He's called the father of all those who believe. He starts a new nation. Decent resume. Uh, He's got a five star review on Yelp. He's a five-star recruit out of high school. Come on, he's going to play overseas for a little bit. He's got <laughs> tough crowd. Um, he's he's got this great thing going for him. Abraham is the father of all who believe. He's he's got this Im- impressive resume. He's got two brothers. He's mentioned three hundred and seven times in the Bible. He's a patriarch. Come on, that's his that's his description. He's a patriarch. He he died and was buried in Canaan. He's he's the father of hundred years old of Terra. He's got, a, he's got a son named Isaac. He becomes a father at 100 years old to the promised child. He's 99 when he gets circumcised. I thought I'd get a response with that one. <laughs> Crazy. This guy, he's 75 years old when he starts following God with all of his heart. Here's a word for somebody. You're never too old to start. He's 75. That's kind of late to get started with God. Well, It's interesting. God, God added a century to his life. He didn't die at 75, he died at 175. Became the dad of promise at 100 years old. This is interesting. God made a promise at 75 in Genesis 12 that we read that didn't materialize for 25 years. Question for you, big question. Could God bring the promise to pass sooner than 25 years? Maybe. (laughs) Loss of confidence in the room. Pray for spirit of boldness to come in this community. The answer is yes. Come on, say it with me. Yes. God could have brought a promise to pass in six months. He said he could have said Sarah's gonna get pregnant tomorrow. But notice this that 25 years Abraham has to believe God. And I think it was this willingness to continue to believe in the face of illogical circumstances, in the face of opposition. Everyone says, that's not going to happen, that's impossible, that's never going to work, that's never going to transpire, that's never going to pan out. All the reasons why it should never, will never, could never, won't ever, but he still believed God. And I believe that 25 years of trusting God is what made him the father of many nations. Something about believing God in, in circumstances that are not in your favor that touches the heart of God. Multiple times in the Bible it says, Abraham, believe God. It was accounted to him for righteousness. I think the greatest thing you can put on your tombstone one day is your name. Say Mark Francie. And under Mark Francie is going to say, believed God. I want you to know that life isn't really life until you're living a life that believes God. And I want you to know, if it doesn't count for eternity, it doesn't really count. There's something about living a life that goes, all right, does God count this? Does God count it? And I'm coming in a little hot this morning. Um. but I want, I want to just throw this out here today. Uh, I think Abraham, number one, if you're taking notes, I think what God counts, looking at the life of Abraham, is God, number one, God counts faith. God counts faith in God. And That's a generic statement, but I'm, I'm going to go somewhere with it this morning. God counts, number one, faith in God. I think that's what God's looking for. I think, I think, honestly, if you can get to the things in your heart, live the life that you want to live without any of God's assistance, I believe that God dreams require God's assistance god god's destination for your life requires some of god's grace to get you there and if you can reach that destination without jesus at all in your life it might not be his desired end game god always calls us higher than we can reach god always calls us to go further than we could go by ourselves and so we can get there without god here's my here's my problem with theology that requires zero faith I don't believe in miracles. I don't believe in any types of signs and wonders. I don't believe, listen, Jesus said in the last day there would be false prophets, okay? False prophets insinuates the idea that there's going to be true prophets too. If all prophecy was going to be weird, he'd say in the last days, all prophecy is demonic. He'd say in the last day there's going to be false prophets. In the last days, there's going to be false signs and wonders. Well, there would be no need to make a clause of false signs and wonders unless there was true it's getting quiet in the Presbyterian church, but I'm just gonna keep rolling, anyways. I think many people, they don't realize that God, listen, a theology that requires no belief in God is not a God honoring theology. I believe that God can do things that I can't do. I believe that where I am, God can pick up. I believe He can answer prayers that I can never answer. And listen, if you're praying to someone that doesn't have the power to change things in your life, you might be calling out to the wrong deity. I know many of the greatest world leaders uh, in history that had gone on to do great things for Jesus cried out to Buddha. They cried out to Muhammad on their sick sick beds when they had meningitis and they were dying of some terminal disease. Dr. Young E. Cho has the largest church on the earth. Almost a million people go to his church in South Korea. They have a mountain called Prayer Mountain. They've been praying 24 hours a day for the last, I think, 37 years. There's someone on Prayer Mountain. Not one or two people. There's like... Thousands of people praying all hours of the day on Prayer Mountain. My uncle was on his board, his leadership board. He went there one time, and he told me a story how he goes, aren't you worried about North Korea? He's like, ah, no. (laughs) This is what Dr. Young and Choi said. He said, we disarm them in the spiritual realm. That's a bad man right there. I don't know I got on this. He was on his sickbed on death's doorstep, and this little young missionary girl in her 20s came in and just sowed a little seed. Jesus can heal you. Jesus can do something in your body. He's like, ah, get out of here. I'm, 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 I'm Buddhist. I'm Buddhist. Get, leave me alone. And he said, I cry out to Buddha every day. Buddha not, Buddha not answer. And he said, I was dying. Basically he basically tells a story, and I'm not going to use his accent because I'm just it'll not going do it justice. It's way better than that. <laughs> But he says, I finally cry out to Jesus. And he said, I see Jesus appear in my room. Told me that I would be healed and do great exploits for him. Listen, if you're crying out to a God, listen, prayer is bringing in a request to someone that has more power than you do. <laughs> Abraham, he, number one, he believes God. And here's what I believe about faith is faith is, is, is things that, that count in the light of eternity is faith in God. Now this doesn't make a lot of sense until I give these three little aspects of it. Faith in God looks like three things. Write these down. This might take up most of our time this morning. Is I believe that faith in God does three things if we're going to live a life that counts. Faith in God goes number 1 for more. Say with me, goes for more. I want to make a point. Just read this little quick verse here. Notice this, his dad's name's Terah in verse 11 or chapter 11 verse 31. Watch what it says. Terah took his son Abram, his grandson Lot, The son of Haran and his daughter-in-law, Sarai, his son, Abram's wife. And they went out from them, from from Ur of the the Chaldeans, to go to the land of Canaan. To go to the land of, to go to the land of, and destination is Canaan. And they came to Haran, dwelt there. So the days of Terah were 205 years. And Terah died in, where did he set out to go? Where did he die? You know the distance between Haran and Canaan? 600 miles he died 600 miles of his desired destiny And I believe what faith will do is in your family when you look around your family you go hey I think my dad set out to conquer that mountain But I think somewhere in life his theology was too small His belief in God might not have been what it could have been or should have been or spirit of religion plagues my family Or everyone in my family took the shortcut to something that wasn't God I'm not gonna die in Haran. I'm going after Canaan faith always wants all that god has are you with me faith is not asking for stupid things and faith listen to me it's not anti-logic faith is not going believing for things that don't really exist uh, in the sense of reality the bible says in james if anyone lacks wisdom let him ask god but when he asks, let him ask with let him ask with what so you see faith and wisdom work together in the book of james so faith is not anti-logic it's not like you're asking for things that don't, like, it's, it's getting an agreement with God's knowledge that he puts in your heart. Yeah. Faith is knowing beyond the shadow of a doubt something that you shouldn't know or couldn't know by yourself. Faith is an unwavering confidence. It's an unshakable trust. And I love this because it says that he, 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 tells, he, tells, uh, he tells his son, we're going to go to Canaan, but he gets to the mountain region of Haran, and he dies in the mountains. I think that the call of Abraham was the call of Terah. I actually think the Bible could have read, because by the way, you know you're an awesome guy when God introduces himself to to humanity using your name first. He comes to Isaac, he says, I'm the the God of your father, Abraham, I'm going to be your daddy too. He comes to Jacob, he goes, I'm the God of your father, Abraham and Isaac, I'm going to be your daddy too. He comes to Moses, come on, 400 years later, he says, I was the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. Interesting thing, it could have been completely different. It could have been, I am the God of Terah, I'm the God of Abraham, and I'm the God of Isaac. Do you realize that the three people that we that we refer to as Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob could have been Terah, Abraham, and Isaac? It's funny how decisions change everything. You guys remember the story of Esau? Sells his birthright for some lentil stew? My gosh, at least go for vegetable or something like that get something good come on maybe some tomato basil lentil soup really bro you that hungry do you know it should have been abraham isaac and esau but esau sells his birthright for some stew decisions change everything and notice here that this guy this is what abraham decides to do in chapter 11 is it says that he actually number one he goes dad died here but there's more and i want to just challenge you today at oceans church if we can know god at a 10 let's not settle for a seven I think many people are living below the water table of what Jesus died to give us access to. Why would you settle for living in God's living room when you can know what's going on in the kitchen? When you can know what's going on upstairs in the bonus room? When you can have access, come on, to the bed? When you can have access to his shower? Why are you settling for his parking lot when God says there's more inside of the building? I think many people are gonna get to heaven and they're gonna have to realize man, I don't really know God very well. I like, God had partial custody on earth. I don't want to get to heaven and God say, man, I I wanted all of you, but you only gave me partial custody. God told me this because my parents got divorced. He said, Mark, I didn't go to the cross to get partial custody of my kids. I want full custody. I want to watch my kids when they're sleeping because that's when I love them the most. Can I get an amen? All the parents said amen to that. I love my kids. God loves his kids. And listen, he wants to be a God that actually, he wants you to desire all that he has for him. Uh, he, He wants you to have an appetite for all that he has for you I don't know about you, but I don't want to settle anything short than what god died to give us Number two, faith doesn't just go for more Faith number two gets you out, say with me, get out Notice what it says in chapter 12, are you still with me today? What is faith, how does faith make your life fruitful? It gives you the grace to get out Faith in god, I promise you it's crazy When you start going god, I believe that what's in my family that's not healthy can end with me I believe that you're the God that gives him the grace to get out. He says to get out of your family, get out of your country to the land that I will show you. Faith, why would I have to get out? The, his dad, Tara, his grandpa, his great-grandpa, they were sacrificing babies in fire. They were participating in all these crazy sexual practices. I mean, you, you read, you think that America or you think that like Amsterdam is gnarly today. You read the ancient world and you're like, uh, we live in a pretty safe time. They were doing things back then, you're like, oh, my gosh, blatant evil. And these people were so wicked, they were killing their babies in the fire. And that's why God's like, look, there's some unhealthy things in your family line that can't go with you if you're going to be a new nation. So I need you to get out. I need you to get out of that thinking. I need you to get out of that, well, everyone in my family gets divorced, so I'm going to get divorced. Get out. Everyone in my family's alcoholics. They're all drug users. We all pop pills. We all... We all just live high all the time. Get out. I, I feel like so many people are living in a place that God's given them the grace to get out of. Get out of that stuff. Jesus did not go to the cross so that you can continue being broken the rest of your life. I'm going to go hard on this point for a second. I feel like something is in the, I'm, I love it when I feel a little resistance. I'm like, no, nah, we're going to get that. We're going to get all of them, Spray all the bugs. I'm telling you that if God is not powerful enough to break cycles of dysfunction in your life. You're worshiping the wrong deity. We worship a God that has power over every mountain. Can I get a good amen? It's not perfectionism. It's not like, well, if I serve God, I'm going to be perfect. But certainly, man, if we're praying to a God like, God, I know you can't really do anything about this. and I know I just got to brace my, myself for a life of defeat. I look, look I, I know, God, you're there for me when I'm crying myself to sleep because you're helpless. I, I honestly, man, that theology, you know what my problem is? It requires no faith. Well, he just comforts me in my pain and my affliction all the time. He can't help you get out of it? Thought he was a savior. What does savior mean? He doesn't say he's like a therapist. Doesn't... He's the good counselor, but he's more than just the counselor. He's a savior. He's. On, let's... I'm sorry, I'll keep going. Sorry if any people this morning. I just, I, I have this fire inside me. It's like God wants you to, to, to go for more, number one. That's what faith in God does. It goes for more. And faith in God is when you start believing God, I believe that you can get me out. I don't have to keep living a double life. I don't have to live in the darkness and the light. Go from the darkness to light. Come on, close on Sundays, right? Saint Chick-fil-A, come on. I can live for God seven days out of the week. I can I can be full of His light seven days a week. Listen, I want to just challenge you. If it's not going to be fun three years from now, is it really fun? If it's rad on Friday night, but you're going to regret it Saturday morning. If you enjoy it in the moment, but you hate yourself for it a week later, is it really? Is it fun? Because I think that we live in a society that's like, no. If it's fun, just like live in the moment, be present, be there, do whatever you want to do, whatever you feel like doing, whatever you feel like doing it. I'm like, dude, if I live by my feelings. Wouldn't have graduated. Because I didn't feel like going to school about 90% of the time. My least favorite subject, it was a seven-way tie. (laughs) Feelings would have not landed me where I needed to end up. And that's why I'm telling you today that that faith in God gives you the grace to get out. Abraham, get out. Hey, and I need you to get out of your family. And it's funny. You know what he does? He does what we do sometimes. like, all right, I'll, I'll listen. But I'm taking Lot. Isn't Lot a part of the family? He they said it's his nephew, right? My, come on, you talk back to me a little bit. Is, that, is Lot his family member? So why is he like, all right, I, I'm going. Come on, Lot, pack up, pack your bags. <laughs> the car's out back, hurry up. Lot comes rolling with him, and it's wild that he tries to, he tries to smuggle Lot with him on this journey. And the wild part is, is that literally two observations. Number one, as long as Lot is with them, there's drama. All their herdsmen start fighting each other. One dude comes in with a bloody nose, black-eyed, like, oh, this guy was, like, grazing in my country. (laughs) Why are you grazing in my country? Stop grazing here. They're fighting with each other. And then Abram's like, bro, you got to go. Like, we don't have enough room. It says the land could not sustain both of them. So Abraham's a bigger man. He's like, hey, you choose where you want to go. He's like, I want to go over there. Sodom and Gomorrah was beautiful. So he's like, I'm not going to go in it. I'm just going to go close to it. So I'll, all I get as close to Sodom and Gomorrah as I can without being in the city. If you read your Bible, interesting study. You'll never not end up in a dark place if you try to get as close as you can to it. Read the Bible. Lots. He, he moved to the outskirts of it. By the time we read about him again, he's living in the heart of it. And he didn't listen. This I feel like preaching. Can I preach a little bit today? Here's the problem. When you start getting in an environment that's influencing you more than you're influencing it, you're 2D. You're 2D. Abraham goes to God. He's like, "Please, spare it 50 righteous people." And he's like, "All right, I'll answer that prayer, Abram." He's like, "All right, uh, forty. 35." He starts turning into like an auctioneer, right? Come on, 20, 20, 15. <laughs> Never done that in church. <laughs> he gets down to 10 people. He's like, hey, I think Lot's got at least eight people that are related to him. Yeah. So he's got two people. Like, we see two. Like, he's got two virgin daughters. He's got two married daughters. He's got two son-in-laws. And this is what's crazy. Lot obviously was so influenced by Sodom and Gomorrah. He was a righteous guy, but I think he was actually in some ways, he was so worn down in his convictions that we know that he had a, he had a desensitized conscience because he told his son-in-laws, hey, angels are coming. It's going to rain fire and brimstone. But you know what they said, the Bible says? It says that everyone in his family thought he was joking. I had this, this conviction. I think that many people are like Lot today. That they joke so much that when they are serious spiritually, no one takes them serious. When you're always sarcastic and always facetious and always negative and always like cynical. And, and then you're like, oh, I want to pray right now. God gave me a word. It's like, dude, no one's taking you serious. Because you've been in you've been in this dark environment too long, you become like it. Hey, hey, Lot, where's your fruit, Lot? Like, hey, you start on the outskirts. You're in Sodom. And hey, where's the people that love God like you do, Lot? He's like, oh, I'm here to be a missionary. I'm getting high with these people. I'm getting going to the bars with these people. But no one's becoming more like Jesus. We're just hanging. I feel like, man, I'm. St- st- so what does he do he's like hey this the moment lot leaves look at genesis chapter 14 this is a powerful verse it says the moment that god that abraham fully obeys god and lets go of lot lot goes his own way Take the land you want to go go and the moment he goes watch what it says in chapter uh, 14 chapter uh, 13 verse 14 it says and the lord said to Abraham, after lot had separated from him when did god speak again The moment he fully obeyed. I told you, get rid of your family. No, Lot's coming with me. The moment Lot leaves, God starts speaking again. Waves on your boat, storm going crazy in your life. It could be there's a Jonah on board that needs to leave the deck. And the moment Jonah hits the water, all of a sudden, we got glass. Get the wake surfboard out. It's smooth. Why? Because you had a lot in your life. You had a Jonah on the boat. And when you get the wrong people out of your world, and here's just a litmus test. If who you're hanging with is influencing you to be more like them, then you're influencing them to be more like you. When it pertains to going after God, that's just a good indicator. Are you following me? And here's what's so cool, when it's faith in God, what counts? Faith in God goes for more. It gets you out of the, the, the dysfunctional living and dysfunctional believing. And number, number three, and I'll, I'll get ready to land the plane here, is I believe that faith will always not only get you out, God will actually bring you in. What does God promise to bring you into? He starts giving some crazy promises. You ready for some crazy promises? Why do these matter, dude? These are like thousands of years ago. Well, it matters because Galatians chapter 3 says this. It says if you're in Christ... It says, then you are Abraham's seed, and your heirs according to the same promise. Galatians 3.29. What's the promise, Mark? Well, I'm glad you asked. Thanks for asking that this morning. Good good crowd. He says, here's the promise. I'll get you out of your country. Get out. And then this is what the promise is. I'll make you an average nation. And then after I make you an average nation, I will uh, I'll partially take care of you. I'll make your name uh, mediocre. You're going to be a partial benefit to society you partially bless those that partially bless you um, that you'll actually uh, I just, can we just can we think about it for a second what is the promise that he makes to Abraham? He says this is what I'm going to do, if you'll follow me with all of your heart if you'll go for all that I have for you if you'll let me get rid of the unhealthy habits in your life and get rid of, this, this is not behavior modification I'm just telling you that true faith in God will always make you want to go higher and uh if what you believe about Jesus doesn't want doesn't make you want to be more like Jesus you might not be believing the right things about him because I want to remind you the end goal of Christianity is to represent Jesus it says at Antioch they called them uh they called him Christians first there Christian means little Jesus do you know why they called them Christians in the early church they called them Christians because they represented Jesus so much. They're like that guy talks like the carpenter. That guy looks like the carpenter. That guy's that guy's that guy's praying like that carpenter rabbi. That that guy that guy he looks so much like Jesus. Let's just call him Little Jesus. And I think today we're like we call them, we're Christians in name, but not Christians in nature. I don't want. Are you following me today? I don't want to be a community that's just Christian in name, but not Christian in nature. I think we should pray like Jesus prayed. What do you mean? When Jesus prayed, things changed. We're not begging, we're believing. Say it again. Jesus did not beg, he believed. He said, whatever I see the Father do, that the Son does in a like manner. You know what faith does? Faith sees what God wants to do and starts believing God for that. Ephesians 3.20, it says, now to him who was able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think. Ask or yeah, other translations say imagine. The word the, the word think or imagine there, it's a, it's a it's a Greek word, it's knower, knower, and it literally means this. It means to perceive or to conceive. The idea is, is if you can visualize it when God is showing you something, that faith is picturing something, that faith is a substance of things, it's an image in your head that you can't get rid of. I see where oceans is going. I, I see 20 years from now. I see 30 years from now. I see people coming out of wheelchairs. I, I see people getting their eyesight back. I, I see addicts walking in and getting sober in a moment. I see it. And that's what faith is faith sees the invisible, it believes the impossible, it doesn't limit God. It's like Abraham that goes, God, I don't know how, but I know it will. Counted to him for righteousness and I want you to know that when you have faith in God it'll do a couple things it'll make you hungry for all that God has it'll give you the power to get out of what you need to get out of it'll give you favor to get into what you need to get into and when that happens warning, warning, two things happen number one, you become a friend of God no one gets close to God without faith remember that I just feel like, man, you hang out with my friend Tino that guy's a friend of God I was talking to his son, Mikey, the other day, and he's like, dude, my dad, like, I think he has access to my cell phone because, like, if I'm ever doing something a little bit goofy, it's like, he knows. I'm like, dude, your dad prays. My mother-in-law's like that. If there's ever any sin in my life, she's like, oh, she's got access to God. Don't look at her eyes, you know. She knows. Why? Because when you spend time with God, you're, when you have faith in God and you're spending time with Him, You become not only, come on, a believer of God, in God, you become a friend of God. God told me three statements. You can write them down as we close. We are going to be a community that has faith, number one, in God. Number two, we're going to become friends of God. I don't know if you know this, but God, you know what's cool about when you have kids? You parent them well. And if you're a good parent long enough, eventually the reward of being a good parent is your kids become your friends. Man, I feel something in here. You know what God wants? He wants to father you in such a way that you become so much like him that at some point you graduate from just being, come on, his child to being his friend. I feel something, man. God wants you to be his friend. You know what I learned about good parents? Good parents will not befriend their kids until they're ready. That's what faith does. Faith makes you mature and say, God, even if it takes 25 years, I trust you. Even if everyone says it can't be done, we trust you. Even if everybody else is rooting against us, yeah, we trust you. Faith will mature you in a way that you go from faith in God to friend of God. And I want to warn you because when you become a friend of God, the third thing that will happen that counts is you'll actually, uh, you'll start bearing fruit with God. Faith in God, friend of God, fruit with God. John 15 says, what does he say? He says, uh, any tree that bears fruit will bear, will get pruned so it can bear more fruit. And I read it the last couple of weeks, but I'll, it's worth rereading as a close. I love this passage. It's in the New Testament. Book of John, there it is, Keep stalling. He says this, uh, I'm the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, come on, someone say with me bears much fruit. He says without me you can't do anything. Can we be can we honestly can you do stuff without God? Yes. But his point was is if you don't do it with me it doesn't count. Because without me you can't do anything that's eternal. You can make money, you can buy a house, you can marry a model. Listen, it doesn't matter if you're not doing it in the light of eternity. You can do nothing without it. So we want to be a church. Are you with me today? that has faith in God. Come on, faith faith for more, faith to get out, faith to get in, to become a friend of God and to bear fruit with God. Would you stand your feet? Thanks for listening to our podcast. Have a great week.